Childhood is when you're most vulnerable. This world is a strange one. Grade school was a time for me personally when I actually enjoyed school. I got to see friends play with toys and games that I didn't have at home and learn from a teacher who actually enjoyed her job. But like every other kid that age, I was naive. I was lucky no one took advantage of that though. But sometimes people do. These allegedly true elementary school stories show us a few kids who definitely got scarred for life. Before we start, be sure to stop by my Patreon at patreon.com slash darknessprevails. Becoming a patron unlocks shoutouts, dozens of secret episodes, and exclusive merchandise. Also, if you've got a scary lockdown or janitor story, I'd love to hear it. Send us your story at deathbyfear.com. Now, are you ready for nap time? Because I wouldn't be shutting my eyes around that freaky teacher. Number one, Elementary School Creeper, submitted by Ashley. I live in a small ocean town with many little communities. My community is grid-shaped with alphabetical streets, and it's almost surrounded by the ocean on all sides. At the end of the road, leading in or out of the community, is a small school. This is the grade school my younger sister, Gabrielle, attends. She has ADHD, so she stays after to do extra sports with her gym teacher and seven other students. Now, my parents both work very hard and long hours with their jobs, so I often have to walk and pick up my sister myself from her school. Well, it was a rainy Friday at around 3.45 in the afternoon. I was walking to go pick up my sister like I usually do. Behind me was a man who looked to be in his early 30s. He was carrying a flat box, looking like a pizza box, but the box was blank and he wasn't wearing a uniform. So I put in my earbuds and 10 minutes later, I notice he's still following me, even though I've rounded a few corners since then. I turned down the music I had been playing as it was a busy street so I could listen for cars and oncoming traffic. The man behind me, then called out in a low guttural voice. When he said it, he sounded like he had been smoking all his life. He said to me, hello, beautiful. I paused my music and sped up faster so that he would think I didn't hear him. He then began whistling a slow version of the Kill Bill song. He sang in the same slow rhythm. Then he spoke again, Ashley, 16. I love that white fitted dress you wore to the meeting on Tuesday. <laughs> he said it with a very creepy laugh. I ran down the rest of the street to my sister's grade school. To give you an idea of the layout of the school, it's an old small building surrounded by forest and trails with a small wooden playground out back. When I arrived at my sister's school, I signed her out and we began to walk home, this time through the trails behind her school. This would take about 40 minutes to walk home, but I thought I'd have a better chance at not seeing this creepy man walking this way. About half an hour into the walk, I began to hear a rustling in the bush about 15 feet behind us. I told Gabrielle to keep walking and to not look back. She was 10 years old and disobedient with anger issues, so of course she ignored me and watched behind us for another five minutes. We were now approaching the end to the elementary school block when a figure jumped out of the trees 10 feet behind us. It was the same creepy guy, but he didn't look at us right away. 
he stared for a long moment toward the field at the elementary school where a bunch of third and fourth graders seemed to be playing soccer. And the whole time, he had this disturbing, conniving smile on his face, a smile that I wanted to smack off of him. This man was a real sicko. Now, at that time in my life, I had recently had hip replacement surgery for a badly dislocated hip, and I was not supposed to be running. So instead, being the person I am, I froze in fear, with Gabrielle pulling at my arm, begging me to make a move. I watched him get closer, 10 feet away, nine feet, eight, seven. Then he stopped and held out the black pizza box. That horrible smile of his grew even wider. I didn't think it could. He opened the box, revealing and pulling out a long knife. He swirled it around with ease as if to intimidate us. Then he said something terrifying. What do you think it'd feel like? The blade entering your stomach. It was then that I unfroze and I ran the fastest I ever have in my life and I didn't stop, not even to look back. We finally made it to my street and ran to my neighbor's house. He had been rebuilding, so there were groups of men with hammers and hard hats on outside. We quickly explained the story and four of the men, some of them I recognized, ran after the man. They came back about a half hour later with no sign of the creepy man. I told my parents as soon as I could. They called the police and they questioned me. My parents had told both of our schools and me and my sister that we weren't allowed outside on free period at our schools anymore for about a week. But a few weeks after that, I volunteered at my sister's elementary school as a field day instructor. It was during one of the soccer competitions that I saw the same man handing out water to children. That disturbing grin was stretched across his stupid face, the same grin he had been giving us when we were walking home that day. I ran and found the designated cop who worked at this school. Confidently and slowly, he made his way over to the man without being seen. Then when he was close enough, he took the man to the ground. I felt like it was finally over. I could now feel safe outside again. We later found out that the man was named Matt and he had been my sister's teacher's brother. He had been around Gabrielle every so often and he had some mental issues. He was actually assigned there to hand out water for his therapy. He was later sent to a psych ward and he'll be there for a year. I do feel kind of bad, but anyone who comes up to you with a knife and then asks you what it'd feel like to be stabbed with it deserves to be locked up for some time. That's just not safe in the public. My mom would eventually pull my sister from that school and then we moved her to a much safer school. Number two, Elementary Horror, submitted by Melanie N. During my grade school years, I went to a very small school almost completely surrounded by woods. At that elementary school, the girls' bathroom was only lit by a small window, that and whatever light shone through the doorway. There actually wasn't a door on it. Being that as it was, the last stall was always really dark, so no one would use it. We were kids after all, all of us still scared of the dark. The earliest I can remember sensing it was in third grade. We were having indoor recess as usual when it rains, and I had to use the bathroom, 
so I made my way over. When I was inside, I noticed that someone was sitting down in the last stall. Because that stall was so dark all the time, all I saw was the silhouette of someone's legs, so I entered another stall and did my business. When I was done, I walked over to the sinks. As I was washing my hands, I heard a loud bang from the last stall, and I looked back, and the stall was closed. It was like someone slammed it open to scare me, then shut it before I could look. So I figured someone was just trying to prank me. Maybe it was even my friend M, because we had just been talking about that same stall the day before. So I walk over to the stall and open the door. It opens with ease, and no one's inside. No one's in the bathroom at all with me. I didn't see anyone leave, so it really freaked me out. The moment I saw that, I power walked back to class, where I asked him if she was in the bathroom. She said no, that she'd been sitting there the whole time. Ever since then, stuff like that continued to happen. It seemed like every time I was in that bathroom alone, the stall door would move on its own, and you would have this unexplainable feeling of dread the whole time you were in there. I asked the other girls in my class. Like I said, it was a small school, so there were only about 15 other girls in the whole third grade. But apparently, they said that nothing had happened to them, that it was just some lame story the girls talk about to scare each other. I couldn't have been the only one, right? Maybe I was just paranoid. The next year, in fourth grade, things only got worse. While washing my hands once, all of the stall doors shut at the same time, hard. And though I just used the bathroom, I almost peed. When I looked back into the mirror, I swear I saw the silhouette of a girl standing behind me near one of the stalls. But when I turned around, there would be no one there. I honestly felt like I was losing my mind. I quickly grew tired of it, so I started to walk to the B-Wing bathroom, the one that was meant for visitors and teachers. Wing A was for the students. I got in trouble a few times, and finally they told me that if I went into the B-Wing bathroom again, I would get a note home. I was one of the good kids, so getting a note home really scared me. So I would just wait to use the bathroom until I got home. The next year after that, one day in the fifth grade, M dared me to drink three cartons of milk, so I did. And soon I had to use the bathroom, of course. So I walked with M because I'm afraid of being in there alone still. She knows this, so while I'm in the stall doing my business, she just leaves. She thought it was funny. I tried to open the stall, and it feels as if someone is pushing on it to keep it closed. At that point, I didn't know that Im had left, so I said, ha ha, very funny, quit trying to scare me. I looked under the stall though, and when I did, I saw no one there, even as I continued to push, feeling the weight of someone or something on the other side. There was nothing there, and I couldn't get out. Immediately, I crawled out from the side of the stall and ran to the lunchroom. I'm not really sure what's happening or what's caused it, I have heard a rumor that a girl a long, long time ago had slit her wrists in that last stall, and something tells me that that's true. I only had a few more months at that school, so I stopped using it altogether. I wouldn't even walk by it for the remainder of my time there. The school shut down in 2015, but now it's being turned into a museum for the local history, and I can only wonder, what kind of hauntings and sightings will the people have there? Rest assured, I will not be stopping by that museum, ever.
This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number 3. My Perverted Sex Ed Teacher Submitted by Autumn I thought I lived in a quiet, normal town, but something took place during my fourth grade year. Now, at that point in my life, we were learning about our bodies and how we made children. You know, the birds and the bees, sex education. Usually how it works is the girls are put into one room and the boys were put in another. However, my school decided to do it differently that year. They made everyone stay in the same room. I know, it's weird, right? It was odd that we had to be with the boys during this time, as they would see our body parts and vice versa. I didn't really care at the time though, I mean, I was a kid. I really just wanted to get it over with. Who really cared anyway, right? Anyway, my friend Don and I were in the front left corner of the room near the windows. Those were our favorite seats. We enjoyed looking outside to see the nature, to see what was going on. And we were also called the hippies of the fourth grade, especially because my name is Autumn. Sitting there, we relaxed, talking about our weekends, when suddenly, a masculine-looking dude showed up. He slammed the door, and then he set his books and bag down. Great, said Don sarcastically. It's Mr. Major. Now, Mr. Major was known to be the monster of our school. Everyone was scared of him. His terrifying brown eyes dove into everyone's souls, and gave certain kids the death glare. It was both scary and annoying. So, Mr. Major walks in front of us and says boldly, Students today will be learning about our bodies and what's known as sexual intercourse. The guy went on and on about what happens during sex. I thought it was disgusting, but keep in mind that it was 2010, and I was a very immature 10-year-old. Then, out of the blue, I heard him say, Autumn, would you like to volunteer for our example of a woman's body? What was he asking? That's gross. Like, what the heck, I was thinking. I didn't get up, and instead I stuttered. Um, I, uh... For goodness sakes, he grumbled. Just get up here. I trembled and stared at Dawn. She was staring back in worry and fear. I slowly walked over next to Mr. Major, 
and I stood in front of the class, shaking with anxiety. Mr. Major grabbed me and positioned me to face him. I mean, it was elementary school. What did he think he was doing? Now, kids, let's learn about the parts of the body. Autumn, do you know what a man's genital area is called? I shook my head. I didn't pay attention. Why would I even answer that like this? Well, do you know what it looks like? He said very suspiciously. Again, I shook my head, expecting the very worst. I thought, dude, if I don't know what it is, how would I know what it looked like? But the next part is very bizarre and graphic. What he said is unforgettable to a child. Would you like to see it? He said it so calmly, as if he was trying to be seductive. He was staring down at me into my soul with his glare at that point. I felt like I had no other choice than to comply. I nodded, but I didn't mean it. He smirked and nodded too. He pet my head and pointed at his crotch. He said it was there. He reached and pulled a zipper and he showed us. In front of a bunch of kids at a public school, he just showed us. I felt my heart race. He told me that this was what he was talking about. My heart was pounding so hard, it hurt. I was scared. I took a step back and then he asked me to touch him. Then he began to approach me. I couldn't breathe and I was so panicky that I fainted. The last thing I remember was Mr. Major telling one of the other kids to get the nurse. I woke up in the nurse's office and she asked me what happened. I told her and her face went white. She told me to go to the office and tell them. So I did. I told the office secretary what had happened in sex ed and immediately she called my parents and the police about the incident. They picked me up as fast as possible and took me home. I was completely scarred by those events. Several months later, I'd seen on the TV that Mr. Major's court case was finally coming to an end. He was labeled a sex offender and he was given a lengthy prison sentence. I remember watching that, thinking that no prison sentence was long enough. All I know is that I grew up faster than I was supposed to. And to this day, his death glare as he was standing in front of me, exposing himself, it still haunts me and it will haunt me forever. Number four, my kindergarten teacher was a psycho. Submitted by It's Lay Ashton. I was always the quiet, odd one out kid in my kindergarten class. For me, it was all quite overwhelming and different because in preschool, I was constantly the center of attention. Now, it seemed like every kid often had a partner for everything before I could ask anyone. Even when people were away and we had an uneven amount of students, the others didn't want to be my partner. So the teacher threw them in with other groups and I was always alone. But this was only a small part of the problem I had during my kindergarten year. My teacher was the biggest jerk I had ever met, and I still haven't met anyone worse than her. I will not disclose her name for privacy reasons, so I'll just refer to her as Mrs. Johnson. Mrs. Johnson didn't like me just because I was different. She didn't show any sympathy towards me being alone and was honestly quite short with me in general. Needless to say, I didn't like her either. I think she knew that. 
All the other kids in the class adored her though. They would come to school every other week with flowers or a je t'aime comme professeur card. Yes, this was a French immersion class, by the way. I live in British Columbia, Canada. After putting up with three months of this crap, I decided to make her a card myself, even though I didn't like her. I figured the other kids may respect me if I made a card too. I was desperate at that point. So I made a card during my free time and I showed it to her before the bell rang. She put on a fake smile and fake giggled and she said a very blunt, merci before tossing the card in the recycling bin. Then she not so gently brushed me on the shoulder as she walked away. A few months go by and I ended up not being to hold it during class while sitting on the so-called magic carpet. I had a bit of a number one accident. I would have loved some support or someone to kindly walk me down to the office to call home for a new pair of shorts. But what does Mrs. Johnson do? She scolds me in front of the whole class for peeing myself, telling me to get the heck off the rug right now. Once I got up, she pointed at me and told the kids to look at me as I had peed myself. She was trying to turn them against me as if I was some sort of lesser creature. I don't think I've ever been so humiliated. About a few weeks after that, I lost my tooth during class and I told her, she said, I don't really care. Go to the office or something and get something to put it in. I don't care what you do, just do it and leave me alone already, please. So I did. The last event occurred to me about a little over a month before school would let out for the year. And this is by far the worst and most harsh of all the events. She was having a bad day. Yeah, I know, shocker, seems like every day was a bad day for her. Anyway, she was assigning us some group work that involved cutting. I was alone again as per usual. And right as I was about to start my individual project, she shouted my name as loud as she possibly could. I was so startled and surprised that I got goosebumps. In fact, it was so loud that I wouldn't be surprised that her throat was sore after calling my name. Then she freaking tosses a pair of scissors at me, followed by a stapler which lands on my big toe. Then she says, bring that damn stapler to the office right now. I wanted to tell her just what I thought of all the abuse she was putting me through during the year. But then she interrupts me before I can do anything. And she says, now, right now, or you'll get a trailer. Trailers were basically detention passes for my elementary school. Anyway, I do what she says, but I fake limp out of the class just to annoy her. And she opens that ugly trap of hers once again. Get the hell to the office right now. I run out of the class, heart pounding, holding back tears, and I do as she says. I wanted so badly to tell the principal at this point, but I think she wouldn't believe me, so I didn't. Nothing else terrible occurred that year. She worked there the following year as well, but luckily she wasn't my teacher, as she was still the teacher for the kindergartners. Now, the teacher I had for that year is still, to this day, probably one of the nicest teachers I've ever had. Anyway, the year ends. I received news that Mrs. Johnson got a job somewhere else and would not be returning for the following year. I saw it as an opportunity, and I finally told my mom the whole story about everything that had happened in kindergarten. I told her the day that everyone got let out for summer break, but my mom was furious. Believe it or not, she wasn't mad at me for not telling the principal. She wanted to tell the principal herself, 
but the principal had left the school too, and a new one was coming in, so there wasn't much she could do. Well, later on, sometime in August of the same year, I was at the beach with my mother and sister. I wanted to go play on the playground, which was about a minute walk from where we were sitting, so my mom told me to be back in five minutes. As I was walking over there, I spotted Mrs. Johnson sitting in a lawn chair, beckoning me to come over. She said a brief, well, hello, Ashton, how are things? I didn't know why she was being so nice at the moment, but maybe she knew that I had told my mom. Anyway, I continue on my way to the playground for a few minutes to play. After finishing our quick conversation, then I head back to my mom. I tell her that Mrs. Johnson was there on a lawn chair. She gets up with me and my sister, and I lead her to where Mrs. Johnson was. Mrs. Johnson notices my mom and very quickly grabs her towel, her lawn chair, and umbrella, then basically makes a run for it. She manages to get in her vehicle and drive away. She basically got off scot-free. To this day, I still regret not telling the principal. She was a very nice principal and she really liked having me as a student. Thinking about it now, if I had told her, I think she would have believed me. Even if she hadn't, I could have told my mom and she could have spoke on my behalf. I was and still am a very honest kid. So my mom or anyone who knows me well enough would never think I'm telling a fib. But to Mrs. Johnson, the teacher that never let me feel what a relaxing kindergarten year feels like and instead gave me hell, let's never meet again. And number five, My Elementary Creeper, submitted by Lucas. I live in a town in Pennsylvania, and I was 10 years old when this happened. I used to go to an elementary school. I had a load of friends at that age, but not many lived near me though. My friend Jason was the only one who walked home with me because he only lived down the road. Well, one day Jason got sick with a cold, so he wasn't at my school and I ended up having to walk home alone. Just thinking about going home alone got me really nervous. If only I knew how worse it could get. So I was walking home that day. It's about a 13 and a half minute walk altogether, so it's a bit of a tire. But I've been doing this for some time now, so I was kind of used to it. I was walking down this street that I hadn't taken before because I thought maybe it'd be faster than the usual. It turned out to be a dead end, so I turned to go back to the original street, and when I turned around, I suddenly heard a voice, a voice of a very old man. Hey kid, you wanna ride home? I was weirded out. I was told to never talk to strangers, like most people. So I ignored him and continued on my way home, but he pulled his old blue car up next to me. He waved at me with this creepy smile on his face. And again, I said no and kept walking. I turned a corner getting closer to home, and as soon as I did, I began to run. Not sprint, more of a speed walk. But he pulled up in his car and kept pace with me, saying, kid, don't run from strangers. It's not polite. You don't wanna make me mad, do you? I was starting to cry. I knew about stranger danger, and everything this man was doing was sending red flags up. Oh, don't cry, I'm just trying to make friends. Good friends, he said, in a slow, pedophile-like way. I started sprinting even faster, and then I was finally running, but he continued to drive with me. 
Hey, I just want to make you my son, little boy. How does that sound? And then finally, I couldn't hold back. I yelled at him. You're not my dad. Leave me alone. Now, on my way home, one of my neighbors has a very short fence. And the moment I came up on it, I knew I had the opportunity, that I had to take it. So, at the very last second, so that this man didn't have as much time to react, I turned and jumped over my neighbor's fence. I ran inside my neighbor's house. Luckily, he didn't lock the door. As soon as he saw me crying and pointing outside to the man in the blue car, he called the cops. I never heard from that guy or seen him since, but I really hope that freak goes to jail before he ends up picking up some other kid. I really hope I never see that man again. It can take up to 25 years to fully mature. Your brain is a complex thing. Something that needs care, needs the patience of decades to reach adulthood. During that time, we can be ignorant and naive. We can make bad decisions and not even know it until later. For those people out there who think it's okay to toy with, to abuse, to harass those who aren't even complete human beings yet, well, you're truly scum. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your lockdown or janitor scary story soon at deathbyfear.com. And last but not least, a huge thank you goes out to our newest patron supporters, Casey Ludwig and B. Thanks, guys. You're really helping this channel survive. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.